the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Today on Verse by Verse with Pastor Leighton Sheely, we learn more about Jesus as he takes us to the book of Matthew. Because Jesus fulfilled the prophecies recorded for us in the Old Testament, we can see that the Bible is the reliable word of God because only God could describe the future with such precision. If you're new to this program, we are a daily visit from Church of the Highlands in San Bruno with the teaching of Pastor Leighton Sheely, and we'd love to know that you're listening. You can go to our website at highlands.us, that's highlands.us, and click on the contact link and then share with us the fact that you've tuned in today. That's highlands.us. We begin a new series today, and Pastor Leighton starts us off with some overview. I'm going to invite you to turn in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 3. We're in chapter 3 of Matthew's Gospel. If you want to know Jesus more, the place to do that is to study the Gospels. There are four of them. They are found at the beginning of the New Testament. They are Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Each is a biographical sketch, uh, and each has its own emphasis. Matthew is oftentimes called the Gospel of the King, presents Jesus as King. It was written primarily for a Jewish audience, Mark's. A gospel is oftentimes called the gospel of the servant and was written for a primarily Roman audience. Luke was written to the Greeks and presents Jesus as the perfect son of man. And John presents Jesus as the perfect son of God for a universal uh, audience. And so no one, not, not any one of the gospels tells us the whole story as, as God wants us to see it. But when we put the four gospel accounts together, we get a composite picture of the person and the work of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Uh, two of the four Gospels were written by apostles. The men that God chose to be, or Jesus chose to be with him in his earthly ministry, Matthew and John, were among those. And then Mark is sometimes referred to as John Mark in the book of Acts. He was an assistant to the apostle Peter. Uh, Luke was an assistant to the apostle Paul, who gave us the Gospel by his name, and also the book of Acts, which is the history of the early church. So all of the Gospels were written either by apostles or by their direct associates. Everything about Christianity revolves about Jesus Christ. And so we want to know him more, and we want to know more about him. And that's why we've chosen to study the the Gospel of Matthew. Now, of the four Gospels, Matthew is the best choice to begin the New Testament. Because if a reader, we're we're going from someplace in the Old Testament to someplace in the New Testament, they might be confused about the connection between the two. But uh, Matthew's Gospel is is the perfect bridge because... Its first verse is the book of the genealogy of Jesus Christ, and he's talked about in the New Testament, the son of David, the son of Abraham. Those are characters from the Old Testament. And and so Matthew's gospel is the one that's best equipped to connect and link the Old Testament with the New. The Old Testament is a record book of God's promises to us, and the New Testament is a record book of their fulfillment. Beginning as early as Genesis chapter 3, God promised that he would send a Savior, And that Savior promise was fulfilled in Christ Jesus. In fact, the word fulfilled 
is one of the key words in understanding the gospel of Matthew, because you're going to find it about 15 times. In fact, the gospel is saturated with citations and allusions to Old Testament passages that point to showing how Jesus fulfilled the promise of God for providing the Savior. And so because Jesus fulfilled the prophecies recorded for us in the Old Testament, we can see that the Bible is the reliable word of God because only God could describe the future with such precision. And it also proves that Jesus was the promised Messiah, the promised Savior, because it is statistically impossible for one person to fulfill over 300 prophecies described in the Old Testament unless God was at work. And so uh, we can trust that Jesus is who he claims to be and that he has accomplished what he claims to accomplish, that he is God incarnate, that he is God in the flesh. He is God who has become one of us, and that's good news, the good news of Jesus Christ. Now, the first two chapters in Matthew's gospel are the Christmas story. And uh, we covered that in our sermon series in November. And then in December, in our Advent series, we did excerpts of the Christmas story from the Gospel of Luke. So now we're ready to come back and look at Matthew's Gospel beginning in chapter 3. But it's important for me to point out that there is a time lapse between the end of chapter 2 and the beginning of chapter 3. Because the end of chapter 2, Jesus is described as a child... And the beginning of chapter 3, he's beginning his earthly ministry, and he's about 30 years of old. And with one exception, the story found in Luke's gospel that describes Jesus around the age of 12 and his family going to the temple, with that one exception, we don't know anything from Scripture about those 30 almost silent years. So then what do we know? Well, we know that Jesus grew from a boy to a man. Luke chapter 2, verse 52 says, And Jesus kept increasing in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. Jesus Christ grew up. And he was fulfilling the duties of the eldest son. Now, it seems very likely that somewhere between the time Jesus was 12 and visited the temple and the time that Jesus was 30 and began his earthly ministry, sometime in, in that period, Joseph passed from the scene. And, uh, and the reason we know that is because when we get to the uh, wedding uh, at Cana where Jesus turned the water into wine, Joseph is not married, but uh, is not mentioned, but Mary is. And so it is the historian's uh, 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 solution that, that Joseph has died sometime between when Jesus was 12 and 30. And so Jesus, as the eldest son, would have had a responsibility to step up and provide for the family, provide for mom, provide for his brothers and sisters. And so Jesus, during this time, was learning what it was like to live the life of a working man. Can you imagine that? God working like a working man. He he was learning how to earn a living. He was learning how to save for food and clothes. He was Dealing with dissatisfied customers and customers who wouldn't pay their bill. Can you imagine not paying your bill to Jesus? And he was living an ordinary life to know what life is like for us. And now it's time for Jesus to begin his earthly ministry. And that ministry is announced by John the Baptist. Chapter 3, verse 1. In those days, John the Baptist came preaching in the wilderness of Judea. Repent! For the kingdom of heaven is at hand. 
For this is he who was spoken of by the prophet Isaiah when he said, The voice of one crying in the wilderness, Prepare the way of the Lord. Make his path straight. Now John wore a garment of camel's hair and a leather belt around his waist, and his food was locusts and wild honey. Then Jerusalem and all Judea and all the region about the Jordan were going out to him. And they were baptized by him in the river Jordan, confessing their sins. But when he saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees coming to his baptism, he said to them, You brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Bear fruit in keeping with repentance, and do not presume to say to yourselves, We have Abraham as our father. For I tell you, God is able from these stones to raise up children for Abraham. Even now the axe is laid to the root of the trees. And every tree, therefore, that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. I baptize you with water for repentance. But he who is coming after me is mightier than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fork is in his hand, and he will clear his threshing floor and gather his wheat into the barn. But the chaff he will burn with unquenchable fire. So John the Baptist is prominent at the beginning of all of the Gospels. He's an immensely important historical uh, figure. In fact, Jesus is going to describe him as among those born of women, there has not risen anyone greater than John the Baptist. And so with that as an introduction, let's look at this passage in greater detail. Verse 1 says, in those days, John the Baptist came preaching in the wilderness of Judea. And so in these few words, Matthew sums up Uh, what Luke elaborates on in greater detail in his work. And what Luke tells us is that that John was really a a miracle child. He was born to Elizabeth and Zacharias, or Zechariah. They were rather advanced in their age. They were unable to have children, but this child came miraculously to him. You see, Zacharias uh, was a priest, and one day while he was conducting his duties in the temple, the angel Gabriel came to him, and explained that he and his wife were going to have a child and that they should name him John. And the angel added, he will turn many of the people of Israel to the Lord their God. And with the spirit and power of Elijah, he will go before him to turn the hearts of parents to their children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the righteous to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. Now for 400 years there had not been a prophet in the land. But John... And John was that prophetic voice found again. It was widely believed that before the Messiah returned, prophecy would reappear. And John was that prophet, and he was preaching. And the word preaching from the original language means to be a herald or to proclaim. A herald was one who proclaimed things on behalf of the king. An edict on behalf of the king. Or the fact that the king was coming to visit. And so calling the nation to repentance was not the main event. The main event was the coming of the king, the king of the kingdom of heaven. Now, there are several men in Scripture named John. And uh, the title Baptist, the Baptist, John the Baptist, distinguishes him from the other men named John. And it's from one of the most important parts of his ministry. Now, John's mother... Elizabeth was a cousin or kinsperson to Mary, the mother of Jesus. Jesus and John the Baptist were distant cousins. 
Now, they were distant maybe not only in terms of relationship, but also in terms of geographical difference because uh, John grew up near Jerusalem, near the temple where his father served in the southern part of the land. Jesus grew up with his family in the northern part of the land in Nazareth of Galilee. So it's probable that they might have heard about each other, but they didn't have much interaction because they were separated by many miles. In fact, John in his gospel says that that, uh, John the Baptist did not know that Jesus was the Messiah until the baptism. Now, uh, in our modern society, we have been culturally conditioned to discount the significance of family. But God doesn't. Family and marriage was his first institution, created in the garden before sin entered this creation. And throughout history, God has always worked through families. More from Pastor Leighton Sheely tomorrow at this same time as he continues to take us through the third chapter of the book of Matthew. If you'd like to listen again to this broadcast, simply go to the website highlands.us and either select today's broadcast or go to our archives. That's highlands.us. Thank you for joining us today. Share the fact that we're on the air with your friends. That would be a great help to us. And as I said at the beginning, let us know that you listen. I'm Mike Trout. Please join us tomorrow as we once again open the Word of God at this same time and study verse by verse.